ladies and gentlemen, from All Seasons Studio 306 in Midlothian, Virginia, it's The Undiluted Truth with Mike and Ben. Today's episode, from social contract to the who might be in charge of you. Debate. Do not forget to like, subscribe, and share. Our podcast email is theundilutedtruth.podcast at gmail.com. These people are still sleeping on their behavior. Absolutely. I hope they're not debate. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Undiluted Truth. My name is Ben. Let's welcome in our host, Mike. How are you doing this afternoon? I am doing absolutely awesome. Wonderful, wonderful. It it is great to be here. I am excited about this little uh, episode that we have. I'm just calling it a little episode because it's a little clip, but uh, you know how you and I roll. Uh, That's right. uh, You know, a little clip could be anywhere from 30 to 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, but all all kidding aside, this is great stuff. A Dr. uh, John Campbell, who I don't think we have not, we've not done anything with this gentleman before. And I don't uh, recognize Ladies and gentlemen, you will be excited uh, to hear what, well, I don't know, excited. You you might be absolutely, you know, frustrated and we might get weeping and gnashing of teeth. uh, But, Nevertheless, this this is current news. It's 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 current information that we need to know, like now, um, yeah, a, a la current. And mm-hmm. I and I hope, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, by the way, welcome all of you rock tumblers and true seekers out there. I am hoping and praying that you guys aren't potential bait. Uh, That's right. I hope you got the play on words, but uh, we are going to be listening. Uh, to a gentleman addressing a the parliament. Uh, this is obviously in the country of England, and uh, this there is whether you knew it or not, there is a new treaty that's being introduced to the world, basically, and this is concerning. And this is a uh, this is one speaker that's part of this debate. You will not be hearing a two sided debate, but you, what you will be hearing are facts and actual uh, uh, quotes from what is actually written in this treaty. And this new health information is coming out, attempting to give one hundred percent control to the WHO, hmm. which. Not if you're if if you if you were like me, that should be very concerning, and should raise the eyebrows, and we should not go quietly in the night when it mm-hmm. comes to this one. Yeah, because essentially, what what the world really is looking at doing is giving one hundred percent health decision control to one body of individuals, and of course, that one body is run by one person. Mm. That's a bit that's a bit scary. So anyway, a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. So we yeah. will get right into it and uh, guys and gals, you know how we 
how we roll here. We will be commenting on uh, on, on the information that we gather here. The first voice you're going to hear is uh, Dr. John Campbell, who is going to introduce the speaker here. Good stuff. So uh, are we ready over there on the control panel, Ben? We're ready. Ready. All, all right. Okay. Here we go. Let's talk now. I know a lot of you, including me, in fact, are concerned about the new World Health Organization regulations. So there's the new pandemic treaty uh, that's in the process of being approved by the British government and many governments around the world. And also there's the amendments to international health regulations. Now, a lot of people are interpreting this as a power grab by the World Health Organization to try and control, well, quite a lot of things, really. Now, um, I have downloaded a, a video with, um, well, I watched it this afternoon, with Andrew Bridgen, Member of Parliament in the UK Parliament debate. So what happens in the UK, if you get 100,000 signatures, you have to have some kind of parliamentary debate, and that's what's happened about this. And I downloaded Mr. Bridgen's speech, and I was going to uh, edit it and uh, show you bits of it, but I thought, heck, no, this is good. I'm just going to show you all. So I'm going to go give the floor now to, uh, to Mr. Bridgen, and um, pretty interesting talk. Very good. From the opportunity to debate this topic. I've been calling for this debate for some months, and I thank the 156,000 uh, electors who've uh, voted for us to have this debate today. And the, the pandemic treaty uh, must be viewed uh, in coordination with the changes, the proposed amendments to the international health uh, regulations. Um, as George Santanea said, uh, that those who fail to learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. And I do have some severe worries that the lessons of the last pandemic have not been learnt by the W. H.O. themselves. Absolutely. And uh, we are in danger of giving them more powers to mm. enable them to overreach themselves and repeat those same catastrophic mistakes again. I would like to start by talking about the W.H.O. itself, as my honourable friend for Don Valley pointed out. It was founded in um, 1948, a specialised agency of the United Nations responsible for international public health. It consists of 192 member states, basically the whole of the UN membership, excluding uh, Liechtenstein and the, the Holy See. And it was based originally on a WH constitution, which is, is, is still today, but this constitution will be fundamentally changed by the two instruments that uh, are in the pipeline following the, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, the WHO is domiciled in Geneva, um, and so it has special status. It's Employees are, are exempt from tax, and uh, they and their families all have diplomatic uh, immunity. It is now. Let me pause right there. That's a they that's and a, their family have diplomatic immunity. Yes, that's a powerful statement right there. They they have no tax burden, so they they they're so they're like their own government anyway. Yeah, they're free of free of all taxes and diplomatic immunity. They but they're. Okay, how do you have diplomatic immunity if you're not a government? Because I thought diplomatic immunity pertained only to government eight, uh, affiliates. Well, this is a world thing where different uh, government, well, in theory, different governments yes. send their electives, but to have overall blanketed the, diplomatic that's, immunity. That's I, the way this was drawn up from the very get go, and you know, there go you. You know, you figure it's. 
the World Health Organization. So, well, you know, the world is but so big. I mean, you know, the, now they would have no ground to stand on. They would not have immunity on Venus or Mars. But Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm right. Yeah, but the World Health Organization, uh, you know, ex- except in Liechtenstein and the course he, the aforementioned Holy See. I did a book th- report on Liechtenstein back in grade school. Yeah. I, I don't remember much about it, but I remember it's you know a very yes, small, very country. small. Yeah, yeah. and as a matter of fact, uh, I don't know how many people could actually uh, settle there and and you know live comfortably, but it might be where most people are going to be fleeing if this thing goes through. So right, keep that in mind. Yeah, Ben, uh, during one of the Pauses. Uh, maybe you can get directions to Liechtenstein. To Liechtenstein. Yeah, yes. Liechtenstein. Um, so no, I, no kidding aside. This is this is stunning. You know, to well, know that the, the, these people, the, the mm-hmm. members, which are not elected, by the way, they're appointed. Right. Are they have full uh, immunity of pretty much anything that comes down the pike, and uh, no taxes. Uh, no tax burden at all. And we were just talking about this, I think, right before the podcast uh, about. Um, I believe you mentioned that um, Gates um, has invested in the WHO. Yes. So right there, to me, it makes sense because here, here's the thing. If I can get on the books as, quote, a consultant, mm-hmm. I'm getting paid. I'm technically employed by them, so now I don't have to pay taxes, technically. Well, if Because if I get on the books... Or you could be a contracted... Uh, uh, source and, and yeah. somehow yeah. you know but if they worked gets, out that gets, technically you're under yeah. employment by the who not only do you not pay taxes but now you have diplomatic immunity yeah it, sure oh yeah. okay would, that would, can open a can of worms would here. that be a sought after uh, position so but anyway hmm. did mean to pause it so fast but that was that one is big we we needed to to yeah. em- emphasize that one so all right, here we go. It, uh, it, uh, and and it, it's indeed a super, uh, 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 supra, if you will, national body, unelected and unaccountable. Think about that one as we move on. Yeah, right. Yeah, here we go. Indeed, uh, a supranational body, unelected uh, and, and unaccountable. Um, I think my constituents would, would fear that. Um, how is the WHO set up? Well, it has something called the World Health Assembly. Uh, It meets yearly in Geneva. It's a legislative and supreme decision-making body of the WHO. It elects the Secretary General, the Executive Board, and votes on on policy and uh, and, um, of of the uh, WHO. And uh, uh, the current uh, chairperson of the World Health Assembly of the WHO is a gentleman by the name of Harsh Vardhan. In in 2021... uh, Mr. Sharma, the Indian Medical Association, the Indian version of the, uh, the BMJ, the largest association of doctors in India, issued a statement when he objected to, to Vardhan, who was uh, endorsing uh, uh, Coronil, a, a product uh, that, that was being made in India. The, the IMA, the Indian Medical Association, questioned the ethics of a health minister, Mr. Vardhan, the health minister at the time, of that country, to release uh, a, a fabricated and unscientific product onto the people of India. He's since gone on to become chairperson of the WHA, who are going to be presiding over this, this new treaty that's going to be uh, uh, sitting before every government in the world. And given that he resigned from the cabinet in India over this controversy, why has he ever been trusted with greater responsibility? It seems he's failed upwards, like many... 
I'm sorry. Uh-huh. That's, he's failed upwards. He's failed yeah. and, and, and was advanced. He was promoted for questionable actions. Yeah, and well. And now I mean, he's moved up. It makes sense if, you're, I love that. if you, <laughs> depending on your goal as the who, it makes sense. Okay, I'll take these rogue people because we aren't accountable to nobody. Yeah. So, sure, you were willing to do Okay, come yeah. on board. But I've also seen the same thing in businesses, like regular businesses. Somebody's causing an issue over here. Well, if it's a multi-state business, well, they'll they'll fire them from here, or so to speak, or move them yes. to another state, but give them a higher job. Right. It's like, how does this make sense? Yeah. It, it, it they makes, were screwing up over here or doing yeah. something wrong, but you, you want them in yeah. charge over there. You know, if you're running Walmart or something, that's, right. you know, I don't have much of an issue with that because I don't, you know, as long as my, you know, as long as, you know, this is the price of the toilet paper or the food that I'm buying and that's it. But, you know, we're talking about the World Health Organization here. This is, right. this is yeah. absolute, you know, we're starting off insane, but I love that. I love that comment. It seems that he's failed upwards. Yes. <laughs> I yes. love that. That's great. All right, moving on. Any at the WHO and the WHA. So the original ideals of the WHO were, were, were completely laudable. The WHO is to, to serve the health of the people. It's uh, governed by its, its member states that, who will implement health policy in the interest of our people. Um, state sovereignty and the rule of law will be respected. That's under Article 3 of the International Health Regulations, before they're amended. People's self-determination will be fully respected. All human rights, conventions and other uh, acts will be respected that countries have joined up to. That was protected under, under Article 54 of the original uh, um, human, uh, regulations of human rights. But who's now funding the WHO? Mm. Like many of our, our regulators in the UK, the MHRA, 86% funded by industry sources, the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, and their personal declarations, they declared over a billion pounds of interest mm. in Big Pharma, the, the, the thing they were set out to regulate. This undermines public confidence. Well, the WHO now is no longer anything like majority funded by its member states, the people who it is seeking to control. It's 86% funded by external sources. Mm. Um, I, I'm not sure that um, my, my honourable friend uh, for Winchester is, is, is correct. Uh, the UK is not the, th- the third largest donor. Uh, the uh, the th- second largest donor is the third largest donor. The second largest donor after Germany is the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, co- uh, or, uh, Foundation. And I think Gavi is the fifth. So you add those together, that is, they are the biggest donors to the, the WHO. And you have to think, why, why are they doing this? They're also the, the biggest donors or, or biggest uh, investors in, uh, in, in pharmaceuticals and the, uh, the experimental MRA technology, which, which proved so prof- profitable for those who uh, proposed it and produced it during the, during the last pandemic. So does it sound like there could be possibly some conflict of interest somewhere? I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> like the way it was set up, and he's, he even said that they're looking to amend this constitution mm-hmm. that the WHO had exactly. from the get-go. But it's a conflict of interest if you're asking for a treaty to control the entity that's supposed to control you. Yes. Because the states 
if you heard what he's saying, yeah. are supposed to be in control of the who. Just like our sure. Senate or whatever, they have to vote right. on a change, and then the who is regulated therefore. It's still not an elected thing, but at least it's, be, quote, being regulated in some fashion uh, by that. Yeah. So, But to give that power now to the who... To right. say, oh, well, we don't care what you say because you just signed the treaty. Now we can do what we want. Right. That's just ridiculous. And and how cunning uh, the, the way this is being framed by the WHO because they're just acting like an innocent bystander. And on that same thing, it should be in their constitution. Maybe it's not. But he said that it was supposed to be state, those state-funded, not individual entity-funded. External, like, external right. entities so is what's going on. I don't now. know if that's in their constitution to exclude that external, and they've already overstepped their bounds. But by what he read, to me, they've already overstepped by accepting funding from these outside sources. If you see what I'm saying, yeah. So, so no, yeah, not, it, yeah, none of this was regulated, and apparently it raised no eyebrows when it was happening. You know, because it's just flying under the, you know, under the radar, so to speak. Right. But, right. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, wow. It, it, wow. some serious, serious conflict of interest going on here in a big way. So, all right, let's continue. Indeed, the WHO, it says the member states' contributions to WHO funds have been capped and today account for only 16% of WHO's total budget, mm. with an increasing share of funding to WHO coming from voluntary contributions, where donors direct funding according to their priorities. Well, their priorities might not well be the priorities of my constituents in North West Leicestershire or the, or the electorate in the UK, but he who pays uh, the piper call, calls the tune. Amen. The WHO are, are promoting the influence of private-public partnerships. Mm. They, they, they promote that on, on their websites to the point where it's pay-to-play. Anyone can buy... Uh, influence at the WHO, it's just going to cost, cost you money. And when it comes to when they're, when they're consulting, their own internal report, um, their survey evaluation, final report, May 23, uh, 23rd of May 2022, the various interest groups have more input to the WHO policy than the member states. Okay, now this, I'm going to emphasize that. He clearly said mm. it. The outside interests have more influence and more say than the member states. Well, yeah, because they're paying the not, bulk of the money. Yeah, because it was what he said. You know, if you want to play, all you got to do is pay. So the influence, you know, you've got, and of course, to me, the the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is so transparent. I mean, as far as knowing what knowing what their interest is, it yeah. it's. It, it's making money at all costs, lining his own pockets, and he could care less about humanity. So, I mean, that one's easy. But this thing, this this organization is being flipped on its head right in front of our very eyes. And, 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 and in the process, they are wanting the complete unilateral control over the entire world when it comes to health and, and making recommendations and even mandates. I mean, that's coming, and 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 I and I I think uh, our good friend here is going to get to it. Yeah, I was I was just going to say it's almost like um, the worldwide uh, I'll say the worldwide mafia organization. It, it's like buy your own seat. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. All right. So this isn't regulated by anything really because we've been getting away with stuff. So. You know, if you give us a lot of money, we'll let you sit at the table here. You know, we'll give you this position. And, oh, you can sit over there. And, sure. You know, we'll have a chit-chat and tell right. all the rest of them what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Buy your own seat mafia. All right. Worldwide. Yeah. There you go. Unlimited. Ooh, yeah. Unlimited. Here we go. It said under the WHO's own figures that the member states' only participation was 40% of the input whereas 60% came from non-member states and 276 stakeholders. Whoa. So, so it's clear there's a strong external influence on the policy of the WHO, an entity which, if the, uh, the amendments to the international health regulations and the pandemic treaty were to be passed, and doing nothing is not an option, if this House does nothing and does not vote, they will come to pass uh, by May 24. So doing nothing is, is not an option. It isn't going to go away. Um, so and, and, and quickly, he said by May, that was 2024. So we are almost there. So we have one year. Oh, not May 24. Not like May 24. May like, of, I was like, oh. May uh, <laughs> oh boy. 2024. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right. So, so the WHO's intermediate study says the WHO is an international organization created as a sub-agency of the United Nations, for the obje- objective of obtaining the highest possible level of health for all people. But at what cost? Mm. At what cost? What cost to democracy? What cost mm. to, uh, to uh, individual freedoms? It is now 80% funded by non-member states, and it is heavily influenced. Whoa. And it also, during the pandemic, it took extra powers called um, the fact that it could define information. Mm. It took on a position, and this, is, this will be enacted in law and binding, in those two new instruments, that the WHO has the ability to say what is disinformation. And when anybody says to you that the science is settled on any issue, I suggest that this House would, would, would smell a rat straight away, because science is never settled. There mm-hmm. is always open for modification, for new, new things to be discovered, theses to be refined. Mm-hmm. And what the, what the WHO is saying is that the WHO will be the arbiter of what the science is, and that cannot be right. It's a bit like someone saying the market's changed. Well, in my experience, it, it, it never has. Here, so here. That is a huge, a huge grab of power. Mm. And the, the two instruments, the, uh, the, the pandemic treaty and the, the amendments to the international health regulations, are progressing in, in parallel. And the, for those who... I, I just really worry whether colleagues in this have actually read the, read the, read the treaty, because clearly... You know, when you take out the words not binding as an amendment, it then becomes binding. <laughs> Thank you. you know, these, these are binding treaties. If we do nothing, these treaties are binding. They're legally binding uh, across, all, across all the nations. They're bringing in... Okay. Wow. Binding across how many? All the nations. All the nations. But my thing is, okay, even if you accepted funding from a non-member entity, right... Let's think of a golf course. You're into golfing. I think we've talked about that before. You go to a clubhouse, right, that's member only, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, but what if somebody wanted to come and just donate to the club? All right. They might accept that thing, but they're not going to let that guy have a say in the club thing. He's not a member. Well, they might let him have a say. Well, if they're corrupt (laughs) enough, yeah. If the money's... But in general, you know, you might accept that if they're just like, yeah, I just want to donate. Okay, well, that's fine. But you're not a member. You don't get a say in what we do. 
That's possible. You see what I'm saying? Or or that that donor might want other privileges, might not want to say, but might want something else. Right, right. You but I mean, in, in terms of this, what they're what they're saying is that these other p- entities get a say at the seat, and sixty percent of I forget what the term was, but came from these non-member states. Well, okay. Even if you gave us money, I ain't listening to you because you're a non-member. Well, that's how that you would, should be. How it is, period. Well, that's sure, but I you mean, can donate, but we ain't yeah, listening to do, you. Do you do you think people like Bill Gates or Gavi or or even the country of Germany is going to donate millions or even billions of dollars and not? have any kind of say right but then it's up to the credibility of the person in charge so, of accepting yeah. these to say oh, well i'm sorry then then you cannot will will not accept your donation oh, well period absolutely but hey but you got to stand your ground and obviously these people aren't willing to stand their ground money they're still, as corrupt yeah, as anybody else yeah, money still talks and unfortunately uh it is the root of all evil mm. and we're seeing that in living color here all right here we go a, a, an idea called One Health, so, and this then extends the ability of the, uh, the Director General of the WHO to call uh, um, a public health emergency of international concern, which mm. incidentally is, is abbreviated to fake, fake, a, a fake, so, uh, and it, it says that he can bring it in on the suspicion, the risk of an international uh, incident. It doesn't even have to be about a, a, a pathogen that's affecting humans. It can, it can affect animals. He's taking the powers because it could be because of the environment or an increase in the levels of CO2. I suggest that honourable and right honourable members read the treaty. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a massive extension of powers. And at the drop of a hat, it's retarded. Mr. Tedros can call a, a, uh, for, for massive powers to the WHO. And not only will he call when, when he takes the powers, he will decide when the pandemic or the emergency is over and when he will possibly give us the powers back to this house where elected representatives are supposed to be representing the interests of our constituents. Well, that will all, all be suspended. And, and I would, while we're talking about Mr. Tedros, I mean, I would just mm. remind the house that this gentleman who will be deciding the fate of the world, uh, it will be within his gift to call this, uh, these emergencies, um, He's, he's the conduct of the WHO in the recent uh, um, Ebola uh, outbreak in uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, where, where 80, 83 individuals who are working for the WHO sexually abused uh, local women, and including the sexual assault of a 13-year-old girl. And, and it, was, it was all covered up, uh, Mr. Sharma. And, 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 and in a leaked document from the WHO, which would have been in front of Mr. Tedros's committee, a confidential UN, UN report submitted to the WHO last month concluded that the manager's handling of the case didn't violate WHO sexual exploitation policies because the woman concerned was not a beneficiary of WHO aid since she didn't receive any humanitarian support. That is completely unacceptable. If that's- yeah, yeah. So, so, so this is the head. They've allowed this, you know, so basically these women were, these women were abused. This one particular woman, 13-year-old, I think is the one they were talking about. And, you know, they, they looked into it and 
basically, you know, nothing to see here because she didn't get any kind of help or anything from the WHO. So there's nothing we could do. Uh, we're, we're sorry, but, you know, that's life. Yeah, let me summarize. There was no conflict of interest with our internal guidelines because they weren't receiving benefits. Yes, yeah. Had they been receiving benefits, then it would have violated our... Yeah. Our, uh, then, then we, yeah, then we could. But other than that, you could, yeah, you could mishandle women and you could rape them and do whatever does, you want. I how mean, do the two even correlate yeah. in the in the? How does how does that? That doesn't even make any sense. Well, of course, not. <laughs> their response makes absolutely no, no uh, sense. No, no, it makes no sense. But I mean, here here we go. But and, and he is pointing out, you know, the, the Mr. Tedros's character here, and and this is the guy running it, and this oh, yeah. is the guy that's got the final say. That really builds confidence, right yeah, there. Yeah, sure. All right, moving on here. We've got a few more minutes to go. That's the, the rules of an organisation. We'll be deciding whether my constituents are locked down for six months, three months, and whether they can go and see their granny. I, I don't think it's acceptable. Also, this, these new treaties, they compress the time for governments of mandatory reporting lines of 72 hours from when a possible, a risk uh, to public health has to be uh, reported to the WHO, and he'll make a decision. This is far too little time for any research, any meaningful research to be done as to what the real risk is. And it will lead to lots of potential for false alarms and unnecessary disruption. These are huge powers that these two instruments would seek to take away from this parliament and every other parliament around the world. And they need to be considered very, very strongly. Sticking your head in the sand isn't going to do. It won't do for my constituents. If we learn anything from the, the vote we had in 2016 is that people in this country, they do not want to be ruled by unelected, unaccountable uh, bureaucrats. Amen. And there's no one more unaccountable and unelected of people in the WHO who don't pay tax <laughs> and they and their families have uh, immunity from prosecution because they've got diplomatic immunity. They're also under the huge financial interests of whoever wishes to, wishes to fund them. So many... So they're no different than the than the manufacturers of the vaccine. So they're living, walking members of the organizations who have manufactured vaccines because there's no uh, – they've got 100% immunity. You can't sue them. You can't do anything. They can do pretty much anything they want. I guess all of this, they've got immunity, and mm-hmm. it's all understood, which is mm-hmm. absolutely absurd. Moving on. Experts are now saying that uh – these two instruments would fundamentally reset the relationship between citizens and sovereign states, not in this country, but also around the whole, the whole world. Mm. Unelected, unaccountable, top-down, supranational body, the WHO. Uh, what these treaties will do will, will empower that, uh, that um, Director General to impose sweeping, legally binding, they are legally binding directions on member states. They'll be forced, they have the power then to force companies in this country, or any other country, to manufacture certain um, medical uh, treatments and to export them to other countries mm. and be told to do it. It'll have the power to shut down any business in this country re- regardless of, uh, of, of what the local people think or even this, this parliament. It, it takes away all the protections that, that uh, being in a democracy offers. It actually takes away Article 3 in, in the original constitution, which is, is the respect of human right and dignity. That goes and is replaced by a bland statement saying that there will be equity. And, it, and equity means 
whatever it means. It means that everyone's going to be treated equally. It also means that one solution to any international problem around the world. And that leads to an all-or-nothing situation, Mr Sharma, where if the WHO got it right, and if we want to go in, if I have the time, I'll go into everything they got wrong in the last pandemic. <laughs> if they get yeah. it right, OK, maybe OK. But if they get it wrong, that's the whole of humanity has got it wrong. There's no competition. And if, if there was only one car manufacturer, only one solution, I'm not sure it would be the best car that we could ever have. I think competition between nations for solutions <laughs> is, is yeah. a good thing. Um, I, have, I have grave concerns over, over these two instruments. No kidding. Boy. And we have grave concerns. I have grave concerns to consider who's actually running and controlling uh, uh, um, the WHO organisation. It'd be foolish not to see that big pharmaceutical giants with their lobbying power, they have huge influence over the direction of the WHO. And like many multinational corporations, uh, their size and scale supersedes even national governments. With over 80% of the, the WHO tree uh, budget now uh, specified funding, and they have the ability to direct policy. Mm. Um, I think it's fair to say we're, we're drifting away from the WHO's original noble ethos of promoting democratic, holistic approach, cooperation uh, to public health. The WHO let us down over COVID with their response. In January 2020, it's already been pointed out, they were still telling us that there, there wasn't person-to-person -person, uh, transmission of the virus. That was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> and then they prescribed lockdowns and mass vaccination during a pandemic which, which, which drove mutations. The pandemic response by the WHO and the national governments should be a cautionary tale on the impact on citizens of handing power uh, to the state and should be certainly not be a template for going further and faster in terms of signing away rights and liberties. Indeed, the pandemic response was so brutally illustrated the profit-optimised version of the greater good pursued by the WHO. The greater good. With children's health. Before I spoke out on the 13th of uh, December uh, with regard to the risks of the, uh, the uh, experimental uh, mRNA vaccines, the MHRA were looking to authorise the, the vaccination of, of children down to the age of six months in this country. I'm, I'm very grateful that the government listened and they, we didn't do that. Indeed, it was then pushed back to people uh, over 50 and uh, after my speech on the 17th of March, I'm delighted that the government now has put it back to only those over, over 75. That's, that's, in a few months, that's a huge uh, difference from uh, we're going to vaccinate everybody. Uh, and I think that, uh, that tells the, the tale of if we were all under one rule, we'd be doing exactly the opposite of what this country has individually decided to That's do. That's the point. So while we're on the, uh, the subject of opaque, undemocratic organisations, it's uh, interesting to see what the EU are doing. Well, the EU are actually going to, they think that we need to strengthen all this, and they're going to set up, not only with the, uh, will the uh, WHO be allowed to have a department of misinformation, they'll be the arbiters of whatever the truth is during an emergency, the, the EU are going to take over exactly the same the same um, policy and, and they're going to have their own as well. So when we, when we have a, uh, a pandemic situation, there will be only one version of the truth. Mm. Well, that's not very good for science, is it? Um, <laughs> I don't think so. The One Health approach, it's also a whole society approach. They will, they will have the ability to motivate, uh, to mobilise every aspect of our society. Once they call those emergencies, they're going to be able to keep them going. They have control of absolutely every aspect of our, our citizens' lives. This is absolutely massive. There's no more important treaty. 
Of course, if we were to give these sort of powers, which I would never vote for myself, um, of course we should have a, a, a referendum, because sovereignty belongs to the people, it's not ours to give away, and we know that from the referendum we had in 2016. I hope the House listens very carefully and reads these documents. Wow. Wow. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This and, and this is a real thing. This was, I yeah. so appreciate uh, Dr. John Campbell putting this clip here in very, very astute, factual. I mean, the the content of what we just heard, Ben, right, was absolute stunning, and it should cause all of us to pause and go, where are we going? And how many people, let's just think about this for a sec, how many people actually know this is coming? Probably not many. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, and I was just going to add in real quick, I liked what he said about there's no competition. And he's like, I would rather the nations have an organization, you know, and there's competition and we find out what's working, what's not, you know, yeah. and have some banter and competition. Yeah. And on that note, I was thinking while we're continuing with the video, it's like when the when the WHO was set up initially, in now this could not, it may or may not be true, but it was set up maybe because communication isn't what it was is today. So we needed some sort of global that they had specific communication or something, right, to kind of monitor something. Now, with the communication the way it is, you know, in my opinion, you could disband the WHO and forego their diplomatic immunity from here on out. I'm sorry, any members are now you're no longer whatever. And disband them. Oh, very and, easily. And have, like what he said, each state or each government, as they, the states, you know, right. have your own, come up with your own solution. And because, like you said, the one thing for everybody doesn't work because science isn't that way. Somebody is, somebody is going to be wrong somewhere. Yeah. So to have multiple people trying different things and working on it, and hey, this is working over here. This is working over here. Okay. Well, then let's, you know, see what's working. You know, but to have one global entity, no. No. I'm sorry. I I don't. No, No, I agree with you 100%. I'd vote disband right now. Well, well, the trouble we have is is at the very very top of most of these countries, they've been corrupted. So, exactly. So, you know, the decision should be made with the countries and there should be, you know, uh, some sort of discourse being made with the, you know, with the medical. Experts and whatever in each country, but if the top, right, yeah, of the leaders in the countries have been corrupt, it, it, it just makes it that much more difficult. Absolutely, so. but I mean, you got to love what he said at the end. Oh yeah, the yeah. sovereignty is of our people. Yes, not, not it's not for us. Understanding to give. that, I mean, I know I'm not a hundred percent sure how the UK or England's system works. I forget, but at least here, you know here's a guy that's doing his job and in, in the U S if he was here, that would mean that we're elected by the people we serve. It's their sovereignty that you're saying, well, let's give it away. Right. I'm sorry. Well, we don't have the right. Like he said, to do that. That was not. 
Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, they're very similar because you, you kept hearing him right. talk about his constituents. His, it's very, yes, it's, yes, it's, I figured, but I don't want to yeah. overstep my thought process. No, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's very similar, and uh, boy, you know, God bless him, you know, for standing up, and, and I'm you know, he's just one of many, but yeah. uh, the, the the eye opener here, and and the and the thing that sort of stunned me when I heard him, you know, I we read part of some of this that was that was coming, and I can't remember which particular episode we did, but this is actually in debate in the parliament. So this was big, and and go back. I think it was one hundred and fifty thousand signatures that you have to have. I think. Yeah, you said they like got, 150, 156 or yeah, something like that. Well, thousand. I think I think they got. I saw I saw it at the beginning. They got one hundred sixty thousand. But the oh, bottom okay, line is, yeah. right. they th- this thing came to a debate. But you know the, the sad part about this is you know they talk about equity and unfortunately equity might be everybody suffering at the same time. Yeah. So it's, that, that it that's says what the, everybody that, gets equal, like you said. But yeah. What does that mean? It means equal Define misery. That. Right. Equal misery. It could be yeah. to the good. It could be to the bad. But that, everybody's getting treated the same. That's that's right. By by one body of individuals, yeah. which has immunity, and let's say it's bad, and well, we're going to say, well, you can't sue them. You can't even you can't even sue the kids. But doesn't that sound good yeah. to you? Yeah. Like everybody's going to be treated the same. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that sounds really oh, great. Absolutely, we'll lower the we'll yeah. we'll lower, okay. lower the standards. So if I say whip Johnny, guess what's happening to you? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, you get whipped. Too. You get whipped too. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the standards. You know, we'll lower them all, all the way down. Uh, lower them all the way down to the gutter. And, that, and, and, yeah. And there now, you go. Now everybody's even. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Shouldn't that make you feel better? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh my goodness, uh, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Oh yeah. Um, so, well, uh, unfortunately, um, we could we could keep wrapping duct tape around our heads and uh, <laughs> roll on for another twenty minutes, but uh, oh man, uh, we got to call this one a, a wrap here, Ben. Uh, All so right. let's. Let's go to our Father in prayer as we close up. Father in heaven, we thank you again for all of those around the world that are standing up for truth. Father, help us to lean 100% on you. We are seeing the very liberties and the sovereignty in free countries and in your people and people all around this planet being yanked and taken away. It's slipping through our fingers And Father, if that happens, and we know a little bit about the prophetic timeline, and we know a little bit about the prophecy, and and we know that the times are going to be difficult, we ask for all of those listening and all of those who are engaged in doing the right thing, we pray for strength. We pray for your spirit to be felt. We pray for wisdom and understanding as we approach these things that uh, we can see them for, for what they are. And Father, we we pray for those who may be on the fence uh, with some of this, whether they be leaders, whether they be members. I can, I would hope, Father, that there's some that are even members of the WHO that have trouble with this. So if you can reach them, and we know you can, we pray your Spirit run through that body of people and and cause such a disruption that the world knows, but. We, we ask also that your will be done. So until the next time, um, and until something 
moves one way or another in this situation. There's there's many things out there to consider, but we pray for your guidance, your help, your your health physically and mentally on us, and we pray for your protection and be with all of those out there listening to this program and their families. We thank you again for this opportunity, Father, and as we close, we ask that every intent of our thought be pure. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Remember to join us again on The Undiluted Truth. And remember, rock tumblers, with all of your might, continue to diligently seek truth. God bless you.